What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 194th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. I kind of have a good idea how you're doing, though, because I literally saw you just last night. So, but how are you doing, man? Dude. Okay. So... Right now, I'm not tired. I imagine in a couple hours after being awake, I'm going to be tired. But I, uh, man, I'm doing great. I thought it was a great weekend. And it's funny. Uh, we were just talking about how, you know, your experiences can be completely different from someone else's experiences and how that'll play into everything. So I'm looking forward to that. But I'm just, I'm happy. I'm back. I mean, I'm back home. I'm back to the grind. Uh, but because I have like a busy next few weeks, so it's like I'm home. But I'm like, it's almost like oh, home is just a stop until my next thing, which is my birthday is in. If you, if y'all wanna go ahead and bless your boy, right? Your birthday. My birthday's in twelve days, June tenth, two thousand twenty-four. I will be forty-two years old. Beautiful, forty-two years old. But dude, let me tell you, awesome weekend. I got to hang with James, my boy James from the UK. Yeah, shout got out James. James got to hang with him. Always good to see him. Uh, got to hang with your family. Uh, your mom and dad are awesome. They are like yes. they, 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 they are, are awesome. It was like we we spent like the hours, like a couple hours last night talking. That was the first you know time they got to talk to. Round yeah. out, we have just a lot in common, so that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. Again, thank you and your family for taking care of me and James yesterday. Uh, we Absolutely. really we really appreciate that. It was amazing. We just like wasn't expecting it at all. So it was great, great day, uh, great weekend. I had no complaints. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, I'm I'm struggling too because on top of me coming off of Double or Nothing, I also saw Bruno Mars the night before. So my voice is shot. Like, I'm holding it together as much as possible. Both nights were outstanding and amazing. Of course, as Floyd said, I got to see my boy Floyd 
once again, hung out with him uh, all Double or Nothing Day and also hung out with him for FanFest. We'll mention some stuff about that as well. Um, and, of course, my good buddy and friend Jared O'Brien, uh, known uh, as The Tune-Up on YouTube if you want to check him out. Um, that's my dude. It's just, I first met him last year at Double or Nothing 2022 in person for the first time after knowing him online for years. Um, and now I got to see him again. All three of us hung all me, Sydney, Floyd, and James and uh, Jared all hung out basically before the show. And then me and Jared and Sydney were together watching the show uh, up in the upper bowl. Um, <clears throat> and it was just awesome getting everybody together. It's like the most weird, like dysfunctional thing where it's like only wrestling could bind these people together that like have like completely different backgrounds, but we're we're bonded together with wrestling and a few other things as well. So just like we took a great picture at Hard Rock actually, um, that I I'm gonna make sure we send that to you also. I'm gonna send that to you and Jared. Um, but it was amazing. Um, so yeah, a ton of fun, and we're gonna get into the entire weekend and uh, how our time went, um, including giving our review of AEW Double or Nothing 2023. But before we get excuse me into everything, want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and also follow us so you don't miss a single episode. Also, leave a rating and a review. It does help out the show. It does help us know what you guys want from us for future episodes. But you can also follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod on social media. Also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible and also have a bunch of amazing shows on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Um, I want to get into like the stuff that we did at FanFest, um, but I also want to mention to you, Floyd, because you had a pretty scalding take last episode. And that take, I will read verbatim. This was a take made by you that I absolutely co-signed. I'm so glad that you were the one that came out with the take and not me, because otherwise I would get ripped to shreds being like, fuck you, you're just a fanboy. But instead, I got you vouching for this take. You said last week, word for word, verbatim, that CM Punk sold more tickets to to a TV show than the Elite could sell for a pay-per-view. And the reason why I'm bringing that take up again is that, now, granted, some wrestling fans are stupid. They constantly want to show the area over by the where the hard cam is like like basically where that hard, the camera is for hard cam and be like see they can't sell anything those sections are always empty including for WWE y'all are stupid go to wrestling shows and actually figure out how this shit works it's constantly like that that's not the problem the problem was cuz we were in the upper bowl like like hard cams like facing well, the hard cam was facing us and we were in the upper bowl in the top middle first row and we could see across to the other side of the upper bowl, and it was tarped off. I remember last year, packed to the gills every section. Just saying, Floyd's take has merit because T-Mobile Arena. I'm sorry to say it was a, a wonderful show, and we're going to get into everything. That place was not like it was last year, and there were talks about tickets and how they weren't selling that great. We saw firsthand. Tarped off upper bowl, still got a great amount of cra- people in the in the building, and it was loud and it was kicking. But it wasn't like last year. I uh, just got to say that. Yeah, Boy, did mean, you want to say anything on that? Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this. I mean, everything you just said was true. The general excitement for this show wasn't 
where AEW pay-per-views, uh, you know, like, AEW pay-per-views have had issues where the card might not look great, but you know they're going to show up or whatever. But my general excitement uh, for the show, even in my, I have a little Facebook group that I'm in called The Club. It was just like, everybody just thought of this as skippable. Everybody was like, I don't got the money for this. Everybody's like, I, I don't do this. And I will tell you this. If you are interested, if people are interested, somehow they find the money. You know what I mean? If yes. they want, yes, it's like if they want to see it, they find the money. It, it's it's simple. If it's if, you know, it was like, oh, UFC is going to UFC is going to ESPN Plus, and they're gonna also you're gonna have to pay that fee plus seventy nine and ninety nine, and no one's gonna buy it. And then guess what? Every time people buy it, you know, because yeah. they there is a product they want to see and you want to buy it. Right now, there is this is probably the lowest the sentiment has been on the AEW product in a long time. And that's from everyone else. You know, me, uh, just being me, I love it. I, I'm loving every week. I'm blah, blah, you know, that kind of thing. I can, you know, I have a few complaints here and there, but in general, it's still my favorite product. Not because I do a show. It's just they tell wrestling the way I prefer wrestling being told. Right. Don't give me, yeah, like, like it's not because I do this show. It was like, it's, it's because I just generally, genuinely like AEW more. But yeah, the buzz. There was no buzz for this show, even with, uh, even with the uh, the elite in BCC being announced, Anarchy in an Arena. It got a little excitement. I thought it would. I really did think it would sell like. It would that that number would spike based on right. That. You thought I thought the same thing. I thought that was gonna like what send it over the top. Or, but like, I'm, I'm just to start flowing in. Las Vegas Memorial Day weekend's not cheap. It's not cheap it's to not. start there. It's it, it used to be like you know you just had this you know you have these the hardcore fan base is still there. I still see uh, all the people, the hills, uh, the women of the hills. I mean, and you of course. But some people that I'm used to seeing every year didn't make the trip this time. Of course, I'm not going to say any names. That's not my business to say. But, yeah, they just didn't make the trip because, they're. I mean, with prices kind of going up or prices going up and, you know, not really having any hot feuds to be a part of, that was that was an issue. And now when people tell me AEW, I, I, I will throw this out there that uh, I hear a lot. The AEW fans want AEW talent pushed, right? They want yes. the AEW homegrowns pushed. Stop bringing in guys and pushing them to the main event. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the basic main event of this show was four AEW homegrown guys on the show. And, you know, for the most part, people didn't show up for it. And I'm just like, does that mean... That's just something you're saying? Is that just lip service? I don't know. It's not for me to say or not, but I'm saying the numbers from this, the ratings from the uh ratings from the show. And I in my buy rate, when well, my buy rate, I have not heard a number. I haven't listened to Meltzer or anything. It's too early, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, like yeah, we're yeah, recording yeah, this yeah, the Monday yeah. after. Yes. But I'm gonna say general consensus from the people I know, everybody that's usually on the fence that I know in the Floyd's world, which is the most minuscule, the most minuscule, uh, you know, section that you can take. It is not enough to count. But everyone I know chose not to buy this. 
I, in my club, there was four comments on the show. There's usually 50 to 100 on an AEW show. There was right. four. Four comments on our thread. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, we're going to get into all the yeah. things. That no, I was just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's things that people, that, that this happened on the show that we want to talk about for sure. And again, numbers are one thing, but what the show did is a completely different thing. So we're going to get into all of that. Yeah. Um, but also, um, we did AEW Fan Fest. Um, I will quickly go through my whole spiel on Fan Fest. Um, this was my first time doing a Fan Fest in Las Vegas. Literally since StarCast 2 went for the first double or nothing. Um, gotta say, considering that gap, you can see the difference between those types of things, obviously. They are significantly different. But I will say, the FanFest had some good stuff. Getting to see actual, just full-on gameplay of Fight Forever got me hyped. Also, Negative One is the biggest trash talker I've ever seen. That dude wouldn't stop talking and yelling at Aubrey in the back for not counting in the video game faster, which she agreed on being like, yeah, they didn't mocap me at all. I should have been like that position counting like this. And I, I just loved how they were getting in the weeds with it. Um, but yeah, seeing the fight forever game uh, looked great. Has me so hyped for it when it comes out in June 29th. I'm going to get that immediately. Probably going to set up my pre-order pretty soon, actually. Um, and then also I got to meet a good amount of people that I hadn't met yet. I got to meet Adam Cole. Crazy. I haven't met him before. Um, we got the podcast, eight, All Things Elite, finally together, me and Floyd meeting Dax and Cash, FTR. That was dope. Um, and we also got, you'll probably see it as we put it as our new Twitter profile picture. We got a trading card of ourselves, and it looks awesome. Uh, and a couple other things, too. I saw the brand new CM Punk LJN figure that they're debuting. Holy shit, that looks so fucking cool. A lot of the figures they showed, too. Danhausen's looks amazing. Uh, Yuta got a figure. There's a lot of stuff to look out for if you're a big AEW figure collector. I know Floyd is, and I know a lot of our fans are. Um, and then also got to meet Jade, got to meet the Hardys, got to meet uh, Taya Valkyrie, Sky Blue. I got to meet uh, a lot of guys, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Wardlow, and then also got to meet, uh, uh, yeah, just a ton of people. Um, but my experience was a ton of fun. Um, and then uh, I would pass it off to Floyd. Talk about your because you've been to a lot more fan fests recently as opposed to me. Because, oh. like I said, in Vegas, my last fan thing was Starcast Two. Okay. Significantly different. All right, I'm gonna talk about everything positive. I'm not gonna talk about anything negative until the end. I am gonna give him the realistic part of it. Uh, definitely uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, enjoyed FanFest. I love I, all the people that work behind the scenes. I've gotten to know quite a few of them. They work hard to uh, make sure you're getting your money's worth and having a good show. Uh, I mean, so it was uh, it was good seeing everybody. All the wrestlers are always, you know, like really nice and just always looking out for us. So I got Ty Valkyrie. Uh, and she's uh, she's awesome. I, I didn't get to tell her because I was trying to get through and let everybody else get through. That was the first time I had met her since I actually watched, worked the Oklahoma City Independent Show, and I met her at that show. 
then Ethan Page, and I got to talk to him about figures. And I told him I'm meeting Kit Harrington in July, and I said I'm going to try to get a Remember the North shirt going because for the Kit Harry Harrington thing, because you know they were called the North, Game of Thrones North, all that stuff. Warlow was awesome as usual. Warlow's a very quiet person. I love that man. He is but a very quiet yes, person. He, he does not have a lot to say. Jade is amazing. Uh, Jade is amazing. Uh, she is just like, like, like you feel the it when you're around her. You oh, she's hysterical, like, dude. Like she, she even made a comment to me. She was, she, she mistakenly thought that I had already taken a picture with her, which I hadn't. She's like, didn't I already get a picture with you? And I was like, oh no. I, I made a joking comment being like, I get it. I look like every other white boy. She's like, that's not what I said. It's yeah. just, you can just feel like just the way she talks, like this person needs to be on camera 24-7. She's one of those people that just like it's understandable why everyone wants to watch her. Yes. And, I, of course, I, I got my pick with my best friend Willow. And the king of Cinnabon, happy birthday today, May 29th. You probably won't hear this show until May 30th, but May 29th is the king of Cinnabon's uh, birthday. My guy, I hope he had a big old Cinnabon today. Konosuke Takeshita. Y'all yes. will, y'all will uh, understand That was why. a shock when we just saw him out of nowhere all of a sudden. Because we took a picture with Emi Sakura, and then we turn around and we go like over to the figures. Then we turn back, and it's Takeshita. And you caught it immediately. And we got yeah, so I was walking up to take a picture with Emi, and they switched. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Crazy. shit. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so we got in as soon as possible. And good thing we did, because that line was mega long as and, soon as and, that's what was going on because i was like the first person to get a picture with him if you go to the aew japan t- oh. twitter it's me and Takesta right there that's <laughs> so cool yes so and then of course jay white who's amazing i told him he needs to teach mjf how to be a proper villain he kind of laughed at that uh <laughs> sky blue uh, then um, Sid took a picture with me when we uh, did uh, Jamie Hayter, who was awesome. And I told her I expected her to keep the title. We'll talk about how that worked out in a second. <laughs> and then uh, and then Ruby. And I, I love Ruby. I just think she's amazing. Amazing energy there. And so, yeah, got her to sign it. And she was impressed. She was like, oh, you brought your own pen. And I was like, yes, I like pink. You know, I like the pink pen. So, no, um yeah, everybody was great. Got to see Cash and Dax. And first time, this is the picture I've been waiting on. Like, other than Austin being in it, uh, Cash and Dax won their tag team belts at All Out 2020. Lost them at uh, Full Gear 2021, which is like the shortest, I think it was one of the shortest title reigns ever. And um, yeah, because of that, of course, they weren't doing meet and, meet and greets during the uh, pandemic. So I never got a picture with them with the belts. So me and Austin got the pictures with them in the belts, and it's great. They also, like, looking at me, and I had lost a lot of weight, and they were all about that. And, and yeah. you and Cash had matching T-shirts. And me and Cash wore matching T-shirts, and, and then Dax is always there and always like, and he's like, yeah, we're going to see you again soon. Because, yes, I show up every time they show up, and that's awesome. Yes. But, yes, uh, so, no, it, it was amazing. I, 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 I have done, I've met most of these wrestlers, you know, three or four times a piece at this point. That's not a brag. It's to say it's worth meeting them again. Uh, sure. I, I'm one of those people. I do value my money. I know I spend it a lot and everybody sees, but I do. I will not pay for an experience 
unless I'm getting an experience. There are certain wrestlers that unless I'm getting something signed that I specifically want signed to put up on my wall or something, I probably won't meet again because they don't say anything. Uh, right. A couple of them just grunt at you. A couple of them. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah. So I did get to ask uh, you and C got the picture with OC, but I got to ask him had he seen the Fast and the Furious movie, and it was funny because you could see kind of his eyes open a little bit, and he's like, "Yes," but he was still like very much in character. I felt like he wanted to talk about it, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, I was like, so yeah, uh, as everyone might know about this, Fast and the Furious is my favorite movie series of all time. And that is, uh, with that, I'm going to use that later on uh, talk to talk about this show. But I had a great time, saw the people, saw Grillo, uh, I saw Dean, saw Chrissy, Mrs. Matt, you know, all security, Dave, Sam, like everybody there, the, like everybody that has pretty much become like, you know, I know not a fan don't work i mean i'm a fan don't work there or anything but kind of like right. that extended family thing as when i go i expect to see them you know at yes. the event i expect to see them at the show and just kind of a familiarity with it and it's just it's great and uh yeah it was it was really cool uh met the the, the boss the driver uh yeah i met him home because we're always in the same circle but we never actually got to get to get, get to talk got to talk to him he was really cool. Uh, yeah, I've never like really met anybody at the AEW thing uh, that wasn't cool. Now, yeah. I have to do the honest part, the negatives about it. Uh, meet and greets, I think about twenty percent more expensive, right? And 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 that's the thing. You're in Vegas. Food costs more money. Hotels cost more money. Everything costs more money, right? Yep. The one thing we don't want to have to charge for, especially when you you win. Uh, you've met a lot of people. It's charged more money. That that leads me to my second point. Pretty much the same people at every meet and greet. Mm-hmm. You're you're not getting the young bucks. You're not getting Kenny. You're not getting Jericho. You're you with MJF. Uh, with MJF. Uh, not going last year. I thought it was a slam dunk. He was going to be in this year. You know, just to make up for some of the people that flew in to meet him and all that kind of stuff. No MJF. Right. You just like you have Mox, Mox always there. Brian Danielson always there. I am not believe me. I'm not looking a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, I, they are amazing for always being there. They have tons of fans. Uh, House of Black always there. Amazing. Anna J. I could tell you that Sammy and Tay, all the people that are always there because guess what? They're always there. Mm-hmm. You. Somewhere like Vegas, that is always more expensive. You need bigger names to draw. Even when we <clears> did that being an AEW fan fest, you might yeah. even bring some people in that have worked with AEW that are not necessarily AEW. Like Sabu had already been announced for the show, right? Why not right. do an AEW meet and greet with Sabu? You know, the free meet and greets are awesome, but there was other ways to draw to the show. Uh, draw to the show. I, I'm all of the... I'm all like, I know Dark and Elevation doesn't exist, but like, dude, let's put a ring up and do a few matches or something like that. Things give people a reason to come, not just for the meet and greets, and yeah. and, and you know, and do some uh, uh, meet and greets, some ultra VIP meet and greets, dude. You could literally name your price on Kenny Omega at this point. 
Mm-hmm. If you want to say, hey. The only thing they did that was honestly like VIP like was what they did with Jade, where you got access yeah. to her new figure yes. immediately. Yes. Yeah. And she signed that. Yes. The Shop AEW figure. That's amazing. And that you could buy it there. I'm like, I am not. I am not complaining about FanFest because I've been to, I am one of the few people that have been to every FanFest. I've not missed one. So when I say this, they're largely like they were the first. They're not really evolving. You know what I mean? And again, when you're somewhere like Vegas, Chicago, it's going to sell out. People are going to go to Chicago, right? Yeah. That's, that's fine. But you got all these people that don't do it that often that you can use. You know, and it's like, and especially I would line it up with figures. Series 12 just came out. How's Private Party not doing a meet and greet? Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean they just literally had a figure come out. I'm like, I got all my figures signed except uh, uh, except Private Party. And, uh, and, then the, they, and then the last thing, the last thing, they decided to go through Access. That's a, that is, as far as getting tickets and stuff, it's amazing. But the great thing is you went through the shop AEW or the AEW live events. And guess what? You didn't have to pay fees. Fees. I paid $200 in fees. Yep. For my, that's another, that's a, that's my house of black meet and greet that I didn't do. Yeah. It's just like, I could have done that based on the $200 in fees. So, uh, like I said, I'm just trying to be a realistic fan. Again, I will always say this. I will never complain about the prices going up because again what you get let's say for a hundred dollars you get one item sign you get the eight by ten the double or nothing specific eight by ten you know this you're only going to get this one at double or nothing right yeah uh you get whatever item you want to sign whether it be figure belt or whatever they don't upcharge you for the figures or anything there you can even tell them what you want most of them will do uh, uh will add an inscription to it that's good. And then you get a picture with your cell phone. Again, if you go to uh, WrestleCon, it is, and, and let's just say it's the, they're cheap. It's still $50 for an autograph, $50 for a picture. Maybe they'll do the combo for 80 right? And then right. you want to add an add a, uh, autograph, that's another $50. That's $130 is if you were going to WrestleCon. And, uh, at AEW, it's 100 The only difference is, like, where at WrestleCon, you can say, oh, I just want this autograph. You can't do that. Or I just want this picture. You can't do that. It's all in one. So you are getting you are getting a, at least a decent value for what you're paying for. But it's like I said, the adding the fees thing, that was an extra just like, I wouldn't call it a hidden cost. It's the cost you usually pay for tickets, but it kind of sucked. You know what I mean? That you don't usually have to pay it and you it becomes off as an extra cost. So I don't know. A positive experience. I feel like everyone should attend these. But instead of prices going up in Vegas, they should probably go the other way. And you should try because we're paying for hotels. We're paying for food. Like, I will tell everybody, I uh, went to Nathan's. And I was just like, man, let's have this breakfast. <clears throat> and it was fourteen ninety nine. You got pancakes, potatoes, eggs, and bacon. Great. fourteen ninety nine. And I was like, uh, okay. And then and they was like, and I grabbed the water that was right there to drink. The water was four ninety nine. That's twenty. Oh, you want a tip? Somebody's bringing me for my food. I'm gonna do that. I owe, I throw on a fifteen percent tip with tax. I spent twenty seven dollars on breakfast, and that was me <laughs> thinking that was a cheap breakfast. 
Exactly. So Vegas, there's so many fees going everywhere else. Hopefully, AEW looks out for the people in that case. Of course, again, uh, uh, look, I'm not expecting them to be like asking Floyd how much to charge for everything. But, you know, very much, I always said, AEW, the thing that built them is that all those fans' experiences were fan-friendly. Their stuff was on the cheaper side, whether it be tickets, meet and greets, and all that stuff was on the cheaper side. So you felt like you could do more or at least meet the people that you want to. A lot of people I know that go no matter what, passed this time. Just financially, they just couldn't afford it. So uh, it's like I said, I'm I'm grassroots. I'm there. I'm talking to people. If anybody knows me, this is, I will talk to anyone. So when I when I'm talking to people, it's not to collect information, but I do collect information. And it was just like I know why people aren't going to certain things. I know, and I don't know what the turnout was. I don't ask the numbers. I don't ask for anything. But there's are a few ways that they could improve in the future. Now I do get to tell my magical story, the thing that made my day, and then we'll go on to the review. Sounds uh, good. I, uh, between session three and four, I didn't do anything in session three. I had no one in session three. I uh, standing. I have been working out a lot. I'm in way better shape, but standing it, all day is different from walking. So I was a little <coughs> tired between session three. I went and sat over. Uh, uh, went and sat over uh, in the section by Jazzwares, and uh, there was this guy just standing there. Uh, I thought I had met him before, but I didn't remember. And once he said his name, I realized I had met him before. But uh, I was like, so do you, I see, just seems in there. It's like, so do you go around to, uh, you know, and talk about wrestling figures or figures and all that stuff? He's like, no, I'm actually one of the designers. I'm like, all right. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I like, I never really collected until AEW. uh, That was my uh, first thing. I've collected, you know, all the series, all that stuff. They're on my wall, that kind of thing. And uh, I asked him, I was like, did you have anything to do with the Ricky Starks chase? That's my favorite figure. Lo and behold, he was like, I didn't design it, but I was, I was in charge of the concept. He came up with the concept for the chase. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. That's my favorite figure. It's pretty much the centerpiece on my wall, which it's right there. And cause I only have, I have 30 on my wall and, it's one of the 30 because I really love that figure. It's my favorite figure. We talked about how many Chase figures I had and all that kind of stuff. Just chatting, chatting. He's like, hold on, wait a second. And I was like, okay. So I sat there. I just thought he was going to get me like a, a lanyard or some thing for Jazzwares to say or whatever because it was obvious he was going to get me some. He brings me back a Series 12 John Moxley Chase and just gives it so to me. So freaking cool. So cool. Just Series 12, John Moxley Chase. I had just gotten Series 12. Uh, I had just gotten Series 12. Shit, I had half a Series 12 signed at the event. So I, I mean, like, they were in my big-ass bag. So it was like, I you know, everything I was doing was right there. And he did that, and he didn't have to. Thank you, Magic. I... 110% sure you will never hear this show. <laughs> but uh, just in case you do, it's awesome. And I was like, thank you. You made my day. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, all these days are amazing, but you really just made my day. I was like, I don't know. I was like, are you a hugger? And he's like, yeah. And I gave him a hug. I was like, dude, you're, you are amazing. Thank you. I was just genuinely wasn't expecting that. 
And look, we give we give Floyd a lot of crap because we'll say we always me and Cindy always joke about how like this dude will talk the ear off of anybody who will listen, and he is not afraid to talk to anybody. Now you understand why he does such things. Because then randomly some things like this will happen. Yeah. Just out of the blue random. And and like and, and I will tell you, it was a genuine came from a genuine place. I just wanted to tell the man he did a good yeah, job. Absolutely. And it was like we were just chatting and it just happened that way. But if I never said anything to him, I put on my headset and listened to my Amazon music that I had set up and, you know, just dressed in and chill out. That doesn't happen. Exactly. I'm like, because everything I can tell you, I you like I always say because I always say when people are like, well, if somebody outside of wrestling sees this, I always say, in terms of in terms of their opinions, f everybody outside of wrestling. I don't care, right? When I'm in those walls, when I'm at those shows, when I'm at a show, when I'm I'm talking to everybody. Why? Because these are my people, right? Mm-hmm. You're you live in my world. I'm interested in what you have to say. I'm not interested in what people outside of our world think about our world. I want to know what these random people, what you like, what you dislike. I sat there and I, I just became chummy with the dude sitting in front of me at, in, at the arena that, that effing hates FTR. And I started chatting with him because I wanted to know kind of why you hate FTR. He hates him because of CM Punk and it really has nothing to do with the wrestling. <laughs> Whoops. I... My bad. <laughs> My bad. He doesn't. You're like, he, I was like, I was really trying to get down to like, what do you hate about X and Cash? Basically, like when he came down the nutshell, he hated that they were friends with uh, FT, uh, F, uh, CM Punk. Yeah. Even was though the same guy who got the sign that yeah, got taken away. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Course. I was going to talk uh, about it. Yes. Even though Cash and Dax have said a hundred times. Everybody says this. There is not a lot of things you can say certain about Brawl Out. There's not a lot of things, but there is one thing you can say. Those two weren't even in the building. Exactly. They, they did not fight the Young Bucks. They did not fight Kenny. They weren't there. I don't even know what there. happened. I don't know what happened in that room. No one does. I think most of them have like NDAs at this point, but I do 100% know they weren't there. Yep. <laughs> quite odd how that works out <laughs> it's like so people are hating them because they're literally friends with the man not because they had anything to do with the fight or anything which is cult of personality it's like dude they have said it so they have they have said it so many different ways and i'm not talking about anything that was say i'm talking about on the show he's like we weren't there all we can tell you is what we've heard, what we've been told. Yep. They've said that so many times, and it's just like, so you hate him because he's friends with them? You know what I mean? Crazy I don't know. Whatever. Works Whatever. But you, I will you, you say, do. too, for those who are asking what I meant for by when I said guy who had the sign taken away, um, Floyd told me the guy brought a sign that said F, uh, Phil, and Larry. Yes. Is the sign that he said. And when Floyd said it got on, because Floyd caught it on, on the Jumbotron being like, oh, it got on TV. He's like, yo, they're going to take your sign away. And he was like, what? No, no, they didn't see. I'm like, did you really think that? My my thought process is, how did you not think that wasn't going to happen? Uh, like, yeah. And I didn't even say it. Yo, you know, I've, I've done these before. I wasn't, you know, trying to brag. I'm like, but I literally saw once your thing got on screen, the like, guy with the headset tapped his head. He walked over in the general vicinity looking, and then he jumped the barricade 
and started looking around. Then he went and got security. I'm like, it was obvious they were coming to get this yeah, person. Yeah, you're, you're done. It's over. Yeah, I was like, it was obvious. And it was like, I'm like, I'm not saying nothing. I just stayed quiet. I, I mean, you know, I knew they were going to figure it out. So uh, they came over. The guy came over. He asked this dude in this chair. And he was like, uh, did you see anybody with a green sign? He said, that guy right there. He literally pointed him out. My jaw just dropped. I was like, man, there's freaking rad. I was like, snitches, man. You, he was in under no, you know, a no requirement to ask the guy's question. I'm not saying he has to be like, you know, fuck you or anything like that. He's like, no, I didn't see anything because that's what I was going to say. But they didn't ask me. He pointed him right out. They went and got the sign and say, you know, basically give us the sign or get out. And they gave him the sign. And it was hilarious because what they were doing at the, uh, as you entered, they were checking, they were checking what that your sign said and what your sign said. So, uh, Carol, who was with us, uh, she's on Twitter, Carol on Twitter, uh, was right in front of us and she had a sign and it was very positive elite. Yeah. Go elite sign. Right. I think that's what it was. Something, and then she, yeah. yeah. She turned around. There was nothing on the back. And he was like, we can't let you in with that sign. They was like, do you have a marker or something where you can write it on the back? Because basically they didn't want the back to be blank, so you could take your marker and then write on the write something bad on the side. So I have literally been to as many, pretty much as many AEW shows as anyone I know, and I can say this: I never heard of this as a rule. This was not on the website. This was not in, in anything. I know they can check your signs, but the the lack of something on the back of your sign can keep your your sign out. That didn't make any sense. So they literally, the guy had a pen and they just wrote on the back. They just scribbled, yeah. Yeah, so you would know. So she wouldn't do it later. She's like, I don't even have a marker. You know, I I have no way of doing this. It it was crazy. It's new rules. The whole T-Mobile, like, staff um, was just weird compared to last year. Like, the way they were trying to, like, push people off of the property as soon as humanly possible was odd like they, it was like almost like freaking like riot squad where they were like just like all walking in a row getting people off of the property and i was just like y'all it's vegas like are you serious right now yes yeah, so it, it was nuts yeah because i remember hanging out on there yeah we property. hung out we took pictures we talked with people yeah we, we were there for like tw- like 15 minutes yeah it, it looked like it was either building guidelines or new guidelines from uh uh, building guidelines or new guidelines from AEW, I don't know, but we got away. Whatever, it was just, uh, it was strange. It was strange, yeah. and but I understood after the Larry F. Larry and Field thing, I completely understood why they did it. And what happened is, uh, I guess they were trying to get in line, so the lady like they kind of folded their sign and rushed past. Uh. Right, so the person never checked their sign, and I'm like. I mean, I mean, I guess. It, I mean, I hope. I hope it made them happy. I hope they got joy out of it. I don't know. Yeah, the, I don't, the, the 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 two seconds it was on TV. Yeah, I hope they got joy on it. You know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, it was just like it was just strange to me. Yeah. That they they want to say it, and it was like the guy that hated FTR, and I was like, he was like booing FTR doing the match, and I was like, so what do you got wrong? Oh, I I hate them in Punk, and I was like, well, why do you hate them? Oh. <sighs> I mean, do you hate the rest? Oh, they put on good matches. Uh, They're assholes. (laughs) Do you, you know, hate their promos? And he's like, no, they're real good promos. They just friends with Punk. I was like, so you just hate them because of who they're friends with? Oh, okay, cool. 
it's again the parasocial it's weird it's yeah, just so yeah, weird yeah, yeah. it's like no one else is like this with any other wrestler except for him it's yeah just, and, and so, you know it's and, so weird and you know he wanted because i'm in my ftr shirt got my ftr shoes on he wanted me to know but i think he wanted me to be offended by it but dude yeah it's like start I, a fight almost I, dude i started being an ftr fans when they were the hillish of heels ever they were bad guys they, yeah. they wore black hats. You you don't think I'm used to people not liking FTR? Doesn't bother me. Doesn't no doesn't way. affect doesn't affect my day whatsoever. Like one day I hope they wear black hats again, and everybody hates them. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, no, this is this is this is fine. I'm like I don't care about a wrestling opinion. It's a show. I want you to like who you like. But it was just like. You have made this show more about CM Punk than she CM Punk has. Yep. CM Punk hasn't mentioned Double or Nothing, right? He FDR. was off with Lars Fredrickson yeah. with uh with uh what's uh the name of the band that sings Ruby Soho? Oh god, what the hell is the name Rancid. of the band? Rancid. Yeah, yeah, he was off with Rancid at a concert in Vegas. They they were in Vegas, but they were just doing a rant yeah. it was a Rancid concert. Yeah. Yeah. It was not near T Mobile Arena. So you made this show about CM Punk, not CM Punk. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting how that works yeah, out. CM Punk says, bull, bull, "Like bull rush through the door, like Brock Lesnar." Yeah. CM Punk says it. Love, hate, it's all the same thing, and I knew it right then. Yep. Y'all, y'all, y'all! Congratulations, you played yourself. Yes. All right. Well, enough with all of that, though. I know we've talked about our experiences and all that, and it's been fun. Now we can talk about the matches, the pay per view, and give our little review. As we were in attendance for Double or Nothing 2023. Um, now, the buy-in was opened up with the trios match between the Hardys and the FTW champion Hook versus Eagle Pay- All Eagle, Ethan Page, and the Guns. Um, now, I was actually grabbing merch for the beginning part of this match. Uh, I came in like maybe like under like three minutes into the match, um, and it was fine. Unfortunately, the biggest thing to take out of this was that Jeff at, Jeff Hardy at one point like came out of a counter, kind of slipped on his ankle almost a little bit, and then he tried to do the thing he does where he jumps off the top rope, and it's like I can't remember the name of it, like uh, like I can't remember the name, like poetry, not poetry in motion, but it's similar to like that sort of thing. He tries to do that move, and he takes a slip off the ropes and lands very awkwardly on his shoulder and and head. It was a bad 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 botch not even a botch that was like oh you fucked up it was like a scary botch like pretty it guy was like that didn't look good um and i think the consensus now that people are seeing out of this too is like like finish up your guys's last run we're good honestly thank yeah, you for I, your ser- I, thank you for your service thank you for your uh, years of entertainment all the stuff that both Matt and Jeff have done throughout the years, the way they've reinvented themselves, the way that they have continued to stay as one of the hottest and like just most recognizable teams of all of pro wrestling. Thank you for all of that. Yeah. But we're but we're good at this point. I, I mean, Be with your family, stay healthy, have a happy life. You don't need to do this anymore. Uh, I am never going to be a person to tell virtual when they need to quit. I can exactly. say this. I can say this. I love Jeff. I love Matt. 
I, as far as like their careers, like literally, I remember watching them as jobbers on WWF in the mid nineties, early yeah mid nineties. I guess that's where it was, and yeah, they've been on my TV as as long as pretty much as long as I can remember. They the these first main did. event I ever saw, like like mm-hmm. remember seeing in a, of a WWE pay per view was SummerSlam two thousand nine, Jeff yeah. Hardy versus CM Punk TLC uh, match for the World Heavyweight Title. Yeah. Outstanding match too. What a man! I've been through them with Michael Hayes as their manager, then with the New Brood, then with Lita. I've been through, yeah, Team Extreme, TLC. I have, like, literally, I mean, they're my age, you know? They're only a couple years older than me. So we grew up together, in essence. You know what I mean? I I honestly think Jeff, like, might be only, like, a year or two older than me. But they are, like, we grew up together. So to say I love the Hardys and that their careers are much, like, a part of my life, absolutely. But I always say this. When you when you have this athletic style, which is that they're kind of known of flying off, landing on things, right? I, I almost call it the Michael Vick effect. Like when Michael Vick kind of lost his speed, you know, you it was more noticeable than like when Tom Brady lost athleticism, because when Tom Tom Brady was never relied on his athleticism, right? That's what the uh hardies are are their athleticism it's the uh, you know the whisper in the wind uh that's what it was the whisper yeah, in the wind yeah the, the, uh, yeah the whisper in the wind all all the moves that they do you know where he catapults off mat that's that's all they do and it's just like it seems as they get older it's harder and harder for them to do so if they can you know get it back go ahead and do it but it looks like you see more and more of them kind of losing their athleticism and it's just like it's two. One of two things has to happen. Hey, realize you just can't do this anymore. Which I'm never going to tell somebody you can't do anymore. Right. I, I work in IT. I work in IT. I'm going to get to sixty, and I'm going to still be wanting to fix computers. And no one's going to be able to tell me I can't do it anymore. Right. So I'm never going to tell them you can't do it anymore. But they need to work differently. They need to learn to work differently. Work to their athleticism now, not to their athleticism. 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. And you have to learn to tell stories differently. And they've been doing this so long. I know they can do it. You know, I know they can do it. So that's they like that. That's my take on it. It's like, but yeah, at some point it does like, Oh, you like, uh, you, I remember a wrestler saying when you can't fall as you can't fall as fast as you do, and you can't get up fast as you used to, maybe it's time to go. And it's like, that's what I see. I don't know. But uh, this match was fine. It was a pre-show match. It literally, uh, apparently, the Hardy uh, Hook tapped out Ethan Page. Now Matt Hardy has the rights to Ethan Page's contract. I mean, it, which is okay. So the last three matches they've had, if you listen to the promo before the match, Matt Hardy's like, I can't wait for this to be over. But each match leads to another thing. So now you're like, oh, we'll be finally done with Ethan after this match. Now you own his contract, which means you're what? Not done with Ethan. So this continues going. Yes. Like, God, do something else. Anything else. Where's Scorpio Sky? Come on. I just need it. Where's Dan Lambert at this point? The Dan Lambert shit was better than this. Okay. No. 
For <laughs> Ethan, like, and we've we've preached about Ethan Page and how good he can be, but yeah, this this has to be yes. done with. But yes. it doesn't Dan seem like Lambert, it is. Dan Lambert, please come rescue Ethan Page. Bring Scorpio Sky. Let's get that back. Because comparatively, a lot of people didn't think that was great, but it's not as bad as this. Yes, facts. Yeah. Um, moving off from that, we opened up the full show. Actually, we'll say too. They also mentioned the return of the. Owen Hart Foundation Tournament, which was nice to see how it'll start in Canada. Finished off at the Calgary Stampede. Really cool thing that they mentioned. Um, then the International Championship Blackjack Battle Royal opened up the show. So, real quick, everybody in the match. Best friends in its entirety, of course. The champion Orange Cassidy, uh, Trent and Chuck Taylor, uh, Ari Davari, Bandito, Big Bill, Brian Cage, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Juice Robinson, Keith Lee, Kip Sabian, Commander, Lee Moriarty, Penta and Phoenix, uh, Lucha Bros, Ricky Starks, Swerve Strickland, Butcher and the Blade, and Tony Nese. Um, First off, the Luchas working together were just so, they all like ripped it up. Like All their stuff they did together was awesome. Um, the work that Brian Cage did too, just getting like flipped by Bandito was nuts. Um, there's, this match had a lot of good stuff. I especially loved the beautiful save that Trent had, saving Orange Cassidy, sacrificing himself as he got eliminated by Big Bill. Big Bill also looked great in this match, I will say. Um, we had the face-off between Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, however, uh, Sw- uh, Keith Lee did end up getting eliminated in uh, throughout that. I kind of saw this as I wanted Keith Lee to get something over Swerve Strickland, so at least that idea that that feud would happen and that there would be fire to it would actually be there. I kind of disagreed with how they went about it. Honestly, I just not a huge fan of it. Um, they ended up having the final two be Swerve Strickland and Orange Cassidy who did outstanding. Like they were doing really, really great stuff. And then the finish where Orange Cassidy and Swerve are hanging off the apron and they're trying to knock each other off. And eventually he hits the orange punch and he's still holding on to the ropes, and Orange is about to like wind up for another, and he just like, like, lax lackadaisically kicks his arm off of the rope, falls off in onto the floor. Did you see the look at his hand? Because his hand is yeah. hurt, so he looked at his hand like, oh god, yeah. that would hurt to punch him. So he yeah, just kicks nah, him. I'm yeah. just gonna kick his hand. Yeah, yes. exactly. That so was such good. a good moment. Uh, I loved it. I loved this battle. This battle royal was super polarizing. I really? thought it was one of the best battle royals I've seen. I saw some people that said it was a cluster and they hated it. And it was just like, oh, my God, I really enjoyed I it. I think the thing that they I, – I will say, I think the thing people didn't like about it was how at the start of the match, there was a lot of people who weren't in the ring. So they were like, what the fuck? Wait, who's out? Who's in? But they made sure to not make any major eliminations until everybody was in the ring. So I will say, like – I kind of figured out, like, I think the only, per- the first person that got eliminated, I think, was either Davari or Tony Nese, and it was when there were still some people outside, but who cares? Did you really think Tony Nese or Davari were winning this match? Like, seriously. Uh, I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah so um, I, I thought, thought, this I thought the- there was a lot of good stuff in this. I, I enjoyed the Battle Royal a lot. So I, I thought this was the perfect the way to kick off the show. I was really into it, but I was like, it was just funny to see online. I was checking. I wasn't really gonna check online that kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't it was, see it. But I, I, you know, I started just kind of seeing what I saw, and it was just like, and you know, people asking questions about you know what's going on with the show, and I'm like, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, it seems really good to me, you know, that kind of thing. And I thought, hey, I thought we was off to a great start. Yeah, that's so weird. And, hey, uh, your AEW world champion had something to say about the IWC, but I digress. We'll get into that yes. later, I will say. Uh, the unsanctioned match was next between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho with Sabu. Um, first off, Sabu falling through a table onto Daddy Magic. Outstanding. It was literally just like, I'm falling, and he just goes through the table. So good. Um, this match was rough for me, honestly, because I was heavily looking forward to this match, and I thought there was some decent stuff in there. I loved Britt Baker coming in and being able to stop Chris Jericho for going for the kendo stick attack, the same kendo stick that was used to attack Britt Baker. She comes in with her own kendo stick and just beats the living shit out of Jericho. Then Soraya, God bless you, the worst run-in I've ever seen. The worst run-in. She comes in, tries to save the day. Britt just turns around starts whacking her up the ramp. Like, you didn't do it. Good job at the office. You got the shit kicked out of you from the moment you stepped into the ring. Um, but eventually, though, Adam Cole gets handcuffed by Chris Jericho, like bringing that whole thing back. Um, and that was working all right. Um, and the match was all right. There was a moment where he wraps his knee around and hits the boom knee with the chain around his knee. And then he just starts taking the steel chain and starts beating him over and over and over again but not heavily convincing, I would say. Like, that would look vicious that you had to stop the match. And then Aubrey would stop the match with a ref stoppage. Um, and honestly, it kind of fell flat for me, I would say. Uh, the finish just seemed like, you know, it wasn't... Like, I get it. Like, it fits that Adam Cole would be so furious that he would just keep going and going and going until the match would stop. But it just wasn't convincing. I honestly... If you would have gone with the kendo stick... And he just kept hitting him with the kendo stick to the point where he couldn't even, he wasn't even like flinching at the kendo stick shots. That would have worked better because at least it ties into the story of what happened to start, like kickstart this entire thing of this blood feud. I just, I wasn't a fan of the finish and it hurt me to see because I love Adam Cole, love Chris Jericho. I was heavily looking forward to this match. And this one, honestly, was one of the two matches that fell short for me. But the other match that fell short for me had a reason behind why it fell short, at least. This one I felt like didn't. So it hurt me a little bit more, I would say. Now, Floyd, Mr. Positivity, your thoughts on this match? So I'm watching the match. and uh, So I'm watching the match, and I'm enjoying it. and But, you know, it's kind of missing something, all right? And I felt like, okay, they're 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 doing their thing. You have the Sabu spot that was amazing. Then they're doing a match, and then Cherico brings out the chains and chains themselves together, and they, you know they just keep up in the ante, and that's great. It's great, but uh, I felt like it was building to a moment, and then Britt came out with the kendo stick and started tearing up Chris Jericho to give. Her her spot from, you know, basically Chris Jericho screwing her over with Soraya. Denny, she got to hit uh, Soraya with the kendo stick. And then I found out what, like, later on we found out what this match was doing. It was just really to build to a mixed tag match. It was an unsanctioned match to build to the next match. And I don't really want a match to build to the next match on, the, uh, on my pay-per-view. You know what I mean? So it was fine. This match was fine. I saw people say it was bad. I didn't get bad. 
I was paying attention, but I did look at my cell phone a couple times during this match, which tells you it wasn't really keeping my attention. Now, uh, Cole was about to hit the, uh, the Panama Sunrise, and I was like, there's no way Jericho can get over on this move. And guess what? I was right. He, he, yeah. he did not get all the way over in that move. But whatever. Uh, he uh, wraps the chain around his leg, hits him in the head, and starts beating him on into submission. Because I think... I know some people didn't like that finish. I love that finish because it got over the fact that he was pissed and he wanted he didn't want to beat Jericho. He wanted to hurt Jericho. And he wanted to hurt Jericho until he could no longer move. Referee stoppage, perfect way to end that match. I, I like I like that match more than other people, but I completely every criticism of that match, I completely see it just didn't bother me as much as it bothered everybody else. So I really did enjoy the Brit uh Brit run in. I thought that was a great moment. Like like one of the pops of the night was her coming in for that. So that was fun. <laughs> um, the whole match was fun. It's just Okay. I will say this as my own take. On a match where you're going to get a four-on-four anarchy in the arena, you got all this stuff, you got a ladder match, it just seemed like, it. you know, why couldn't they just have a wrestling match? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. That's my only criticism. Yeah, uh, I, again, I am, I'm, like I said, I agree with the ref stoppage thing. I just felt like there was a better way that could have been done. Like I said, I feel like you use the kendo stick on him, like his that way, I feel like it works even better. I feel like personally, I yes. think that's what really because did Adam? If correct me if I'm wrong, did Adam Cole hit him once with a kendo stick? I don't think he did. It was all Brit. No, he did. Yeah, he said he did work him over with a kendo stick. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so he did use it. So, but not I, enough for you to remember it. Cor- correct. Adam Cole right. was the one. Yeah, Brit rip, ripped her him apart with a kendo stick. We remember that. If Adam Cole did that and that's how the match ended, I think then it would st- stick with me significantly more. Yes. But just him going with the chain, I don't know. It was just kind of slow and it didn't seem it didn't seem like he was like viciously going after him, you know what I mean? Like yes. so much like I don't know. That's just how I feel. Yeah, it was a it, solid it, match, but it did disappoint me. Yeah. Um, I I saw a point where I saw the chain shots from a different angle, not from my angle. They looked fine from my angle, but from the other angle I saw them from, yes, they looked terrible. Yep. They just, it didn't even look like he was trying to hurt him. Right. Yeah, so, no. I, I Like I said, from my angle, where I was looking, it looked fine, and then, because I think Adam Cole's back was to me, right? Yeah. And I wasn't high up, so literally all I saw was him swinging down. So mm-hmm. I didn't really see, like, the end of it where he wasn't like look like the force behind it. I just saw his arm going up and down. So it looked fine from that angle, but once you saw the other angle, it did not look great. Right. Um, moving over now, the AEW World Tag Team titles were on the line. FTR defending against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett with the special guest referee Mark Briscoe. Seven, first off. Seven star match of the night right here. There it is. There it is. But first off, Cash being like like uh, Dax being like, Cash, give him your belt. And they're like, someone took it. He's like, it's on your waist. He's like, oh shit, there it is. Yes. Like, and Cash replies, it's Vegas. And I was like, yep. And everybody Vegas. that was in Vegas understands exactly what he Absolutely. means. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That was 
very, very funny. Yes, um, I that, loved, I will say for me first, um, I love the use of the stereo sharpshooters. I love that. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was healing it up like crazy. Um, and then there was a point because Mark Briscoe was definitely like, he wasn't taking any shit. Anybody who tried to do anything, he was like, do not even try with me. I'm tired of this. Um, eventually he, he ejects Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh. Um, who didn't actually, you know, leave. Yeah, they didn't really leave. Um, <laughs> then Jeff looked to hit Dax Harwood with a guitar. He ducked it, and then Mark gets hit with a guitar. Shatter Machine was hit on Lethal. Uh, ref wasn't there to count it. Aubrey Edwards then runs down. As Sanjay Dutt then just blocks him, blocks her from coming down. Aubrey, first of all, unfortunately, didn't do a hard enough job of trying to get past puny little Sanjay Dutt. So... That's your first problem. Your second problem is when you did finally tell him to piss off, Karen Jarrett knocked you in the head with a freaking guitar shot, like guitar in the head. That I got to say, that was Aubrey wonderful. is one of the most willing referees I've ever seen to take shit like that because I still remember when Phoenix kicked her in the head so hard at a Defy show and like she just dropped. Like she sold that perfectly. She is more willing than any other referee to do stuff like that, and it's crazy because I was stunned when that happened. Dude, and got that, a huge reaction. This, huge reaction. You don't hit Aubrey. It's just you don't. You just don't. And it was like Karen. Karen became the the biggest bad uh, oh, villain and then in the Oh, and smacking her ass when yeah, she did it too. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah. she was he- It was it was awesome. Yes. Yeah, eventually, this, eventually, as yeah, as as the match went down, though, double lethal injections. But then Jeff Jarrett takes the title belt, and then he tried to get it done, but uh, was not able to make it happen. And uh, FTR still retains the titles, hugs Mark Briscoe. Nice little moment there. It was a really good match, I got to say. But I will hand it over to the FTR man, though. So, uh, very this match, very kind of classic. I mean, I mean, it's the type of match you ex- were expecting it was going to have to be. It was a very old school type 80s match. Of course, there was some new school in there. Uh, you saw uh, I was very pleased with Dax and Cash hitting the double drop kick. You know, <laughs> yes. they, they both got up for the drop kick. We kind of saw, in, I guess you would call it uh, an inverted doomsday device because they did it from the power bomb with the clothesline. That was cool. Cash went had the the uh, hot tag, and I guess someone called it the Ricky Morton spot. But he he was just going through and jumping through the ring, and dude, it was it was like Cash worked his ass off. It was like I I very rarely differentiate. I'm like they are a well oiled machine. Cash and Dax are a well oiled machine. Uh, Dax does his part. Cash does his part. It always equals out. I to always tell people, don't ask me to pick my favorite because they're they're FTR. There there is no there is Cash and Dax, and they're very different personalities, very different movesets, but they balance out to each other. Where they're a team, Cash worked his ass off in this match, and I I just he just he killed it. He was everywhere at the same time. Uh, the whole thing with the okay. There, there has to be, I know it's wrestling, and I know we play fast and loose with the rules. This is 100% known. I am not, ad, ask, ad, not, uh, I'm not asking for strict rules or ratings and all that stuff. But, dude, when the, the referee objection has to move, mean something, right? Right now it means nothing. Sanjay basically made it halfway up the ring. 
uh, and then came right back. And it has to be, I don't know if they did say, well, if you don't leave ringside when the referee kicks you out, you're suspended or something. It was just so weird that it was like, oh, the referee went out. And then I came back out, and it's just like, and then then uh, Mark gets back up. Sanjay's the one that wakes him up. And I'm like, oh, he's groggy. He can't see it. But it's like, dude, that's automatic DQ because Sanjay's gone. I was just like, it's wrestling. But it was just like, it was noticeable, though, right. that, that, that not happening. And it was like, I guess I, I still had, you know, I know people don't want you to compare it. I still had my, P, uh, my uh, wrestling PTSD. I'm just using it in a wrestling term because it's not a serious Pleasing, no way. Think I'm comparing to really, but when you have wrestling, it just flashed back to Solo Sokoa getting kicked out and then coming back and being the reason Cody lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just flashed back to that moment. But yes, I, I like my biggest thing. I love that <coughs> FTR won and all that stuff. They finally that is their first ever pay per view title defense, successful pay per view title defense. So shout yeah. out to shout out to them. I know a lot of people don't pay attention to that, but the one titles match that they had on a pay per view to win the titles, they lost. I mean, they lost the titles to the Young Bucks, so they are now one and one in pay per view defenses. I was not. I always thought this was a dynamite feud. I really did. I did not think this was a pay per view feud. I know everyone knows I love FTR. Where the FTR flag? But I can be honest. I was not happy with this team. But it has been established through the acclaimed and everything. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are everyone's first defense. So now maybe we get to a real title defense, right? We get to a real rivalry, something that can really highlight what FTR does. Well, I thought this was a good match. I thought this was a good match. Yes. It was not a great match. It was not an amazing match. It didn't knock my socks off. I thought it was a really good match, and I think they did all they could with what they had, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's, you know, this match was great. They had the moment with Mark. I thought that added to it. That was all good. But I'm like, dude, there's so many great tag teams in AEW. There are. I'm like, okay, we couldn't have built a FTR versus best friends. You know what I That's mean? That's what I'm saying. You're like, uh, FTR versus, uh, FTR versus, like, in a triple threat match with, like, uh, Silver and Reynolds and all and then Butcher and the Blade like anybody you know that like the younger people that you can you know you know get in the show and there's all this stuff I'm like I, I love Jeff Jarrett in his role and I think he has been 20 times what anybody could have expected since he debuted with AEW but come on man it's I mean what you've done with your people that are old is you use them to get young people over right yes Where's the young person that? Where's the young person that Jeff Jarrett's getting over? Yeah, it's like it's not. You use Sting, you use Christian, you helped. They helped the younger people, and it's just like Jeff Jarrett's not doing that. So you're kind of just taking up a spot, and I don't like it. And I like, mm-hmm. and I have no problem with Jeff Jarrett. I bow to him. The Stroke, uh, early two thousands, uh, TNA Impact. I was driving to Nashville. For uh, the asylum and everything. Don't get me wrong. I am not a Jeff Jarrett hater. I just like, he doesn't fit in the personality of what AEW is and what I feel like they're trying to do. And it was just like, so this match was great, but I feel like maybe maybe a main event of a Rampage, maybe the second the first hour main event of a Dynamite. I don't think this was a pay-per-view match. 
just me personally, that's my thing. As as people who call me the biggest FTR fan, I quote unquote, because I think that's I don't I don't know how you measure that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so like so as someone that loves FTR immeasurably, loves Jeff Jarrett, loves Jay Lethal, this is not an AEW twenty twenty three pay per view match. There you go. Now moving over, we had uh, first of all. Um, Ricky Starks was upset about how he was so close to winning that battle royal, and then he got jumped again uh, by Bullet Club Gold uh, Rick, uh, with uh, Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson until FTR came to their aid. And me personally, Bullet Club Gold versus FTR, you've in, you piqued my interest immensely. Yes, yes. You give me okay. You give me Jay White and Juice Robinson. Versus FTR, dude, sign me, sign me up, sign yes. me up. They, again, four people I like. Jay Lethal, I mean, uh, Jay White is kind of stale in AEW right now. He needs something. I mean, a feud with the best tag team in the world. That's what you do. Juice Robinson, you know, the whole thing with Ricky, it hadn't really went anywhere, and now, perfectly, Ricky's name, it starts with R. FT Ricky. I didn't even have to think about it. It just works. FT Ricky. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. It's on. It's on. It was liked by Dax. Boom. We're going. Now, I, I want to see what is going. So from what I understand, when they're talking about the split, these are rumors. And like I said, I am not breaking any news. This is stuff I've seen scrolling on the internet. Like all, like all five of these people are basically heading to collision. So this might be the collision feud. June seventeenth, uh, June seventeenth, live from the United Center. We might open up with FTR versus Bullet Club Club Gold. Can we get it for the tag team titles? Let's go. That's a tag team match. That's a that match that gets my blood pumping. That makes me excited to see uh, to see that because I don't want to just see FTR wrestle. I want to see them wrestle great teams. Yeah. So let's go. Let's do that. There you go. Um, then we had, uh, first of all, uh, they announced uh, Chris Jericho and Soraya were pissed off, and they announced that they wanted to face Britt Baker and Adam Cole in a uh, match on Dynamite. So that got announced. And then we move over to the TNT Championship match between Wardlow and Christian Cage. Uh, this was a pretty damn good match, I would say. Um, I especially loved uh, the use of freaking Wardlow just moving like a fucking beast. Um, Arn Anderson being able to come down, looking like he was going to, like, I thought for a second he was going to spine buster uh, Luchasaurus uh, as he got was getting choked, but then he just bites Luchasaurus' thumb and, like, he's bleeding out. His thumb is just red, just absolutely red. The the, the gimmick look ama- looked amazing. Um, there was a moment where Ward- Christian's climbing the ladder, and Wardlow from like the top rope jumps on the ladder and it just crumbles. The whole thing crumbles and it falls. Then the motherfucker tries to use the damn ladder. I'm like, dude, you broke it. There's no salvaging this ladder. There's like four other ones around the ring. Use those ones. Yes. Um, the, the, that was ju- jumping from rope to ladder is a uh, a 200 pound man move, not, not a 250 not. pound shit brick house yes. move. The ladder wasn't meant for that. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Um, 
But then, of course, we had the outs- unreal Swanton, like, just over a ladder, threw two tables onto Christian. Wardlow managed to go out, and after powerbombing uh, Christian, uh, as he caught him, as Arn Anderson shoved him off the ladder, powerbomb, Wardlow wins the, the title uh, with the help of Arn Anderson and remains TNT champion. Um, this was probably his biggest match as TNT champion. Uh, throughout um, any, because he's a two-time champion throughout any of his reigns, I will say. Yeah, um, it was, I thought the match was good. I thought Arn Anderson's promo, if you like paid attention, because I saw a lot of people not liking the bike thing. The promo that he said is that him, Warlow and him would do anything possible to retain the title. There, he's going to do what it takes. And that was the story of the match. Arn is like, oh, I can't compete with Luchasaurus. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's younger. I'm just going to bite him. I'm old and I'm crafty. I'm just going to bite the hell out of him. And then Wardlow, hey, he went on top of the 15-foot ladder and put Christian through it. Wardlow played Jeff Hardy today. And, you know, Christian played his same role. And he put him through the uh, he put him through uh, put him through the table because he was willing to do whatever it takes to win. Arn Anderson uh, helping him uh, get Christian in the power bomb, and it was like Arn's not there. Arn's not there to be an advantage for Warlow. But when Warlow needs someone to even it up, that's what Arn is there. He is there to be a mentor. I saw it was like one part where uh, Warlow was outside, and he just kind of went over there and yelled at him to get up kind of thing. And it was just like, that's what a you know coach does. A, a, you know, somebody that's a manager of a good guy does. And it's just like, I thought he, he served his purpose. I know there are certain people out there. Again, this is bias. I have no problem saying this. Arn Anderson go out there and crap his pants on uh, in the middle of the ring, and I'm gonna be like, he crapped, <laughs> he, he crapped his pants for a reason. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm completely violent. Arn Anderson is untouchable, to, to in my eyes, untouchable. He can do whatever the hell he wants to, and I I'm not changing on him. So Arn Anderson was the perfect thing for this match. So I I I loved it. I loved him being involved. I, at the one point, I thought he was going to pull him down. I thought he was about to hit uh, Luchasaurus or uh, Christian with the DDT or Spine Burster. That didn't happen. I'm fine. I didn't care. Arn Anderson do what he wants to do. He's adding every. I think he adds a bit to the Wardlow thing. And I know eventually. I mean, if you're doing the good guy manager thing, uh, someone's going to use Arn against Wardlow. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And like I said. You know, this was a first uh, defense to reestablish Wardlow as the champion that he is. And hopefully he moves into a bigger feud next. Yep. There you go. Um, Then we had the AEW Women's World Championship match between Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. This was the other match I said that disappointed me. But again, this one had a reason. Uh, Now, we knew going into this pay-per-view that Jamie Hayter was not 100%. We honestly didn't know if she was going to be cleared. We did not know if she was going to be able to take part in the match. Um, She was cleared, and she did wrestle, um, but obviously they specifically made sure to do it as quickly and safely as possible. Uh, She got jumped by Soraya and Ruby Soho as her entrance happened, and they were beaten up on her pretty bad. 
Um, eventually, Britt Baker would come down again, actually, started bra- brawling with Soraya again. And then that's when, when the referee was distracted with all this, Jamie Hayter gets sprayed in the eyes with spray paint. Then Sheeta comes down. Hikaru Sheeta comes down with a kendo stick, fights off Ruby, fights off uh, uh, fights off uh, Soraya as well as that's happening. And Jamie would look like she tried to hit the Hater Aid, but then Tony, uh, and then she goes after her. She clutches her arm as it's hurting. She gets hit with Storm Zero. She gets pinned. Tony Storm, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, is your first ever two-time AEW Women's World Champion. Am I not? Am I correct I on that matter? You, I believe you are correct. Okay, so obviously that match was compromised. It was compromised because unfortunately Jamie Hayter is not fully healthy. Um, it's disappointing. Obviously, these two did a great match prior, and they are both really good wrestlers. Um, and it was a shame, honestly. I was looking forward to this match. Um, but I understand at least why the match was was it, what it was. It's going to be the low point of the show because I mean, look, it's that's it's it's a tough spot. We we understand why, but we're not we can't really give you a, like you know what I mean. Like it's it's just tough how it was just tough honestly. And yeah. Jamie Hader, considering this is how her her title reign end, she was great as AEW World, Women's World Champion, and I know she'll be back at this point because again the fans love her and she's like so good. But yeah, it's disappointing that this is how it ends. But I think Tony having it gives the outcast stuff like it gives them more firepower to be able to do whatever the hell they want. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I just hope Jamie heals up and eventually comes back to become a two-time AEW Women's World Champion or a TBS Champion. She could do either because she's really good. So we saw this match differently. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I oh, wanted, did you? Yeah, because that's what I wanted. She held it. She won the title because of the Outcast. The Outcast finally looked like the f- women's faction they needed to look like. They took out the other two, gave Tony the clear advantage. Tony, who was cheated out of the win by Jamie Hayter, she only won because Britt uh, rammed uh, uh, Tony's head into the exposed turnbuckle, and then Jamie Hayter uh, hit her with the clothesline after that. So she got her revenge. It, the reason she joined the group was because Britt and Jamie Conda caused her to go bad. This was perfect to me. This is how this match was supposed to go. She got her revenge. I think this revenge. was the only way the match could have gone. But oh, I mean, no. I think it could have gotten to that point, though. No, no. It's a match that was actual of like her being healthy, and being able to go longer than like three no, minutes. No, they took her out from the beginning. They was like, dude, you got chum, you got chum. They made it as easy as possible for Tony to win. That is why bad guys join factions. That's why you join a faction. What happened last night is why you join a faction. I love this match. I loved how it played out. I was like I jumping know. up and celebrating because again we saw the match differently, which is okay. I I jumped up and I was like, "Yes, Tony Storm won!" Because to me, it was like when I've seen this, and again, I have to use the WWE example done badly with uh, Bailey and Damage Control. Right? That was done terribly. This was like, yeah. this is how you do it. If you're going to get a faction, you're going to get them to the point where they are dominant to the point where you could build a, a good guy or whatever to take on that faction they have to win it first 
they won. They 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 reached the goal. The goal was for one of the three to be champion. They have done it. Now anybody that's going after Tony doesn't just have to go to Tony. They have to go through Outcast. That is the exciting part about that. Too, and it Mark. is perfect. They have established the Outcast as an actual threat, as an actual group. Your first actual threat women's group. Yeah, I do agree with that part of that at least. That yes. that now it does nothing but help the outcasts even more. I think. Yeah, and I think that's what like more than the match, I I liked what it meant for the outcast going forward. Yeah, for sure. And then we move over though to the AEW World Trios champ- Championship match. It was an open house, open challenge by the House of Black, and the acclaimed were the ones who answered the challenge, which was also what we were kind of feeling was going to be the case. Yeah, I don't uh, know why this wasn't just announced. Yeah, but Max Caster uh, ripped the House of Black to shreds with his rap, um, calling Brody King a, a lost member of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, saying, how does Malachi get away with doing blackface? And then Buddy Matthews is busy getting cucked by some kid named Dominic. Interesting. And, and then the also, thing I've screamed since the beginning, yeah, how is House of no, no, Black with no black, black guys here. in it? You got black people all over the roster, and the House of Black has no black people in it. What the hell? And they did, and they said we don't need a special a, a special rule to beat your emo ass. So they did not take the open the dealer's choice side. They did not care. Um, and honestly, this was a good match. I, I thought these guys did a good solid job, really working to try to get Billy Gunn in, like and using them. Just Bowen's getting dragged back constantly. Um, there was multiple points where he got dragged back uh, to not be able to get a tag. When uh, he when uh, Daddy Ass himself got in, he was really really giving it to uh, the House of Black. But eventually, as they started to really get ahead of it, uh, he got nailed as he hit a Famouser and then proceeded to get hit with the Black Mass by Malachi Black, and Daddy Ass takes the pin. And the trio's titles are retained by the House of Black. This was all right. This was good, I felt like. You can't really complain much about this. It wasn't anything outstanding, but it was good. It was a solid it's- trio's match. You know, you know you're trying to get the trio's belt on a different level. Uh, I, 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 like, I liked everything around the match. I love, you know, the, the House of Black's entrance is amazing. The, the lighting in the uh, building is amazing. I love that. Uh, Max Caster's rap was another level last night. Everyone loves the claim. Got everybody into it. And then, you know, they had a match. You know, it was like, it was a match. Like, yep. was it bad? No. Was it amazing? No. It was a match that the House of Black won. So, yeah. Th- yeah it was a, again, <laughs> a good, another good uh, open house match yeah. that they've done so far. I, I love them as trio champions still. Correct. Uh, to the TBS championship match. I'm excited to talk about this. Um, first off, Jade Cargo versus Taya Valkyrie. Um, the entrances for both girls were outstanding. Taya had some dancers behind her, and her entrance seemed really big and trying to really make her seem big. And then just, Jade. Yes, I was like, they finally made Taya seem like, you know, the way I've seen Taya represented in other companies. There you go. Yeah, it was the first time we felt like they treated her like a bigger deal. Um, then Jade brings out Big Boss Vede, uh for Pretty Girls Walk Like This. The yeah. TikTok song, and they do the TikTok dance. Uh, it was awesome. Honestly. This was this was my old man uh, moment of the night. I was like, "Oh, is this the song that everyone knows?" 
Who yep. is this chick? I have no idea. But the dance, it was like the colors, the oh, dance, everything. Oh, they were tearing they, it up. Yeah, yes, they killed it. And I was like, oh, she's she going to come out here, do a dance on you, and then beat your ass. That's amazing. Jay just, I was like, oh, my God, Jay. And I was like, yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. And the and that Taya looked good. Honestly, I thought this match was was good. Um, it looked like she immediately was trying to get the road to Valhalla before Jade got out of the way. Um, they had a great uh, blue thunder bomb by Taya. Um, they were just going back and forth and back and forth. But Jade gets her jaded, and hers is more uh, vicious than the uh, road to Valhalla. And then she wins to go sixty and zero and retain the TBS championship. Smart Mark gets on the mic saying, like, look, there's nobody left. There's nobody left for us to beat. 16-0, outstanding, legendary, historic reign by Jade Cargill. But there's nobody left. And then music hits, and it's Chris motherfucking Statlander. And that was hype enough. And then just out of nowhere, the referee is just, like, looking at both people. And then they just start an impromptu TBS championship match. Statlander... Hits Sunday Night Fever and ends the seemingly endless reign of Jade Cargill, sixty and one, and for the the now only the second TBS champion in its history, Chris Statlander, who yes was originally supposed to win before she unfortunately got injured. Back from her injury, beats Jade Cargill and wins the TBS championship. Me and Floyd are venomously. Disagreeing, we were shouting at each other walking out of T-Mobile Arena about this. I'm sure it will continue into this, so I will I will sit back and I will let Floyd say everything he thought, not just about the Chris Statlander return, but also you know the Jade and Taya match by itself. Jade and Taya match was good. I thought it was one of uh, Taya. I mean, Jade's best uh, matches as far as you know. It looked good. It was. It looked like she could lose, especially when she hit the move and then kicked out, and then she came back and got the move back. I thought that match was great. All right. Let me first preface, because I think this has gotten lost in confusion. I am a Chris Statlander fan. I like Chris Statlander. When I heard that Chris Statlander was supposed to be the one that beat Jade, I was very excited about it. I was like, that's a great person. It's going to do a lot for her in her build. Okay. Stop. Full stop. Okay. Take that in. I'm going to wait a few seconds. I hated how she won the title. Uh, this rang money in the bank, cash in. This rang, you know, fluke win. This rang... Santino coming out of the stay, uh, crowd and oh, beating Umaga. It. It, it did. It rang so hollow. It didn't ring like she beat anybody. It rang like she took advantage of somebody that was down and pinned. Jade's record, 500 days, 60-0. and 0. Unbeatable. Unstoppable. You got Chris Statlander coming off basically her second acl surgery she is basically the six million dollar woman she is bionic she is cleared she is aew homegrown talent oh my god give me the video packages talking about more than the woman this alien is coming back or whatever her new gimmick is gonna be you build it up 
You build it up. She shows up after this match. She says, I want Jade. You build it up for the next two weeks on a dynamite or uh, a collision. Jade comes in. Chris comes in. They put on a 10 to 15 minute match. Chris Statlander hits the move, becomes the champion, celebrates finally ending a Jade streak, actually being better than Jade on a night. That is what she deserved. Not what happened. Okay. My response, I don't give a fuck because I was there for it. I don't give a fuck because the return would have been fine enough, but I saw a new TBS champion. I saw Chris Statlander get the TBS championship. I don't give a fuck. I thought it was crazy. It got me so hyped when it happened. And look, that's fine and all that, dude, but like, you go through the people that Jade has beaten. She's beaten a ton of people, no question about it. She's beaten a ton of outstanding people for that TBS championship. Like, her record is outstanding and the people that she's beaten. But I don't care. And, and, I don't I mean, care. So you recognize that this was a terrible way to give it the title. You don't I'm care. I'm not recognizing you, that. You know, no. you, you said, you, you know, you're basically saying that. You just don't care because you got to see a title change, and which is well, fine. I don't care because I got to see, I got to see Chris <laughs> get the title change. Because, again, I know that was what it was originally supposed to be. Yeah, it's just. But also I, on the fact, too, you were comparing this to, like, a money in the bank cash-in being, like, people don't get over when they just roll in and just capitalize on the moment on a money in the bank cash in. Correct. Edge. Cool. Okay. CM Punk. Okay. Dolph Ziggler. Oh, he did not get over. Nothing yes, happened. He did. No, he didn't. The moment he got was over. over. Hey, no, he was over, but his title no, no, reign was never on, treated as serious because dude, it was the he, World Heavyweight dude, Championship. Dude, he won the title. His first title defense he lost, and he was never world champion again. You cannot call that over. The moment was over. Not his title. Not him. He was never world champion again. Ever. Look, man, I'm just saying. I just know. No, no. You, you can't use Dolph. He got the moment. He lost a few weeks later. Never champion again. He was not over. <laughs> See, this is what it's been like for literally like the last two days. That's what it's been like. Jack Swagger. Let's talk about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about him. How did he do after you won the after you cashed in that Daniel money? Daniel Bryan cashed in the money in the bank. But is that what really made him Daniel Bryan? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Oh, that was the great moment. Yeah, it was a great moment. It was. And he didn't get over? He, he was get al- over. I mean, he was already over. He was part of the Shield. He was Seth Rollins at that point. He was already over. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. The Alexa fluke, Bliss? The fluke wins Ring Hollow. I'm just. The fluke wins Ring Hollow. Oh, I'm, Nikki. It, it, hey, it wasn't Ring oh, Hollow uh, when hey, the crowd was going uh, crazy for it. Nikki Cross. Oh, my God. You don't understand how much. I don't have any hair, and I want to pull it out. Crowds go. <laughs> Name the last time the title changed hands and the crowd didn't go crazy. <laughs> title changes get pops no matter what. WrestleMania 32, one of the loudest pops I ever had. Roman Reigns pins Triple H. Was Roman over at that point? No. People like title changes. 
People like hearing and new doesn't mean anything. Okay. So yes, it was a great moment. Great moment. I think it does more damage than good. But we'll see. I could be wrong. I'm often wrong. We'll see. <laughs> All right. I didn't like it in in the moment. I was like, "Oh my god." You took this amazing thing that you put all this time and effort in and just lost it with a fluke. Well, huh. My biggest thing on this, too, is that now Jade has so much fuel for the rematch. That rematch will be huge. But the that initial match could have been huge. So? The initial match wasn't huge. That's what I'm like. It's like, oh, we're going to make the rematch. The initial match should have been huge. But dude, we've we've said this before. We've said this before about how Jade's TBS title, like how it's her reign had gotten stale up until this point. Dude, but come on, this build up to the uh, Chris Statlander title. You tell them you when they got you excited. I was excited back when Ruby was brought brought to the AEW, and I was thinking she was going to be the one. And then they tried to do it with Athena, and at that point, I gave up. Oh my. Yeah, I, I guess I know there's some people that just wanted Jade not to be champion anymore. I just like and like you put all this time and effort in it. It's like I love you know everybody knows how much I love Cody in the Grand League Walk song. If he beats the Roman Reigns in a, a, a you know a Money in the Bank cash in after Roman has already wrestled something, I will literally throw my computer and walk away. Uh huh. Because that would be stupid. You've built this thousand day reign, which, you know, 500, half a thousand. So it's pretty fucking impressive. You've yeah. built this thousand day reign and you're not actually giving someone a clean victory over the person that's champion. Okay. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Again, well, I will, this has I will nothing. You, I will tell you right be- now, they're like out of the, out of the people that, uh, that Jade has beaten when she had the TBS championship. I think the two biggest people that she had when she beat uh, the two big, big biggest people that she beat when she had the TV's championship was Athena, uh, uh, Ruby Soho, and maybe Willow Nightingale or Anna Jay. That's it. I don't mean. Don't get me wrong. It had gotten to the point of stealth. That doesn't mean you just end it randomly. You pick the perfect moment and you end it. This last night was not the perfect moment to end it. We're going to still be disagreeing on this, hey, I'm sure, for the end of time. No, 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 I want to start, stop. Because I, 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 I capped it with what I said. I want to end capped it. Congratulations to Chris Statlander. I am so happy that she has recovered from the surgeries and she's coming back. I was very excited when she was coming through uh, the first time. I've always been a fan. Her new shirt's out on shop, and it's amazing. Yeah, it looks amazing. It has this has nothing to do with Chris Statlander as a person. <laughs> I hope I hope y'all can hear this. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, like I'm, I, I, this is all about the moment and that they chose to and how they chose to get the belt off Jade. That's that's it. Congratulations to Chris Statlander. I, I, I wanted to end it. I wanted to start it with that. I wanted to end it with that. So you know this has nothing to do with her. I am a there fan. <laughs> like, I am a fan of Chris Statlander. I am a fan of Jade. Don't get me wrong. I like I just think in I'm thinking geeky wrestling fan 
this is all about the geeky wrestling fan inside of me. There was such a bigger moment to build to right then. All right. Well, moving over now to the double main event, the AEW World Championship match, the Pillars four-way, MJF, Darby Allin, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara. This match ruled. This match was yeah. outstanding. Easy five-star match for me. Easy. Uh, easy. Just easy. I, it was everything I was thought it was going to be. A little bit more. I oh my god, so many moments from it. I like. I, it's going to be hard to run through them all. And I even even got some funny moments where I was the people around me because they had pissed me off. Uh, Jungle Boy had pissed me off as usual. But no, uh, the uh, the, uh, the submission probably was my favorite part where they all four all oh, the four yeah, yeah, yeah it was that dude that was when i was like the, like some of the stupidest wrestling imagery ever and i loved it yes like it, it looked ridiculous it was like they took a dartboard and they was like what do you want to do and they threw it up against the dartboard we're, oh we're gonna make that happen you know what i mean it's like yeah. yes and they were still telling a story like in the story it still feels like darby allen could be the next guy for mjf because of the, uh, it really was about, ended up being about them. Uh, Darby hits his move and then he's like, he could have just went for the pin. No, I had to f- try to get you back in the hell like tape over like you got me, right? And you know, you know, had, you know, Jungle Boys thing, Canadian destroyers out there everywhere. Like I said, I've said a lot of bad things that made people think I don't like Jungle Boy. Again, <laughs> that, nothing personal against Jungle Boy. But in that ring, those four corners and those ropes, he's as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. It, so d- never take away what he can do in that ring. That dude is as good as anybody. He was right there. He held his own. He killed. Darby Allen killed. It, Sammy Guevara killed. Uh, MJF, amazing as usual. Dude, I, I probably my f- favorite match of the year so far. And FTR won the tag belts. Think about that. Yeah. And this was my favorite match of the year so far. Yeah, it was really, really freaking good. Um, oh, I yes. Gotta say too, I got to say, too, honestly, one of my other favorite things, too, about this match was when I went back to rewatch it and the amount of screaming that MJF did was hysterical. Unfortunately, and I have not the, heard the, that one other thing, The one other thing I wanted to mention real quick, too, was how each, mem- each member of the Pillars – Hit the finisher of their uh, mentor, Darby Allen, Scorpion Deathstroke, MJF, Crossroads, uh, Sammy Guevara, Codebreaker, and and uh, Jungle Boy, Kill Switch. Yep, and that was awesome. That's just that is absolute perfection. We did skip over one part. Congratulations to Sammy and Ty. Sammy yes, brought, yes, Sammy I brought, did forget about that. Sammy yeah. brought back the cue cards, something that he hasn't done in a long time to announce that him and Ty are having a baby. I just, I didn't want to skip over that. Congratulations. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. yeah Congrats, congrats to them. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. No, but the match, uh, man, that's the perfect way to announce celebrating having a kid because I, like, I, I can't say it's my favorite match that MJF's been in because of the dog collar match. Exactly. Was my favorite match Darby has been in. Uh, definitely my favorite match Jungle Boy has been in. Sammy was in like the anarchy stuff. So I. Well, and I also, had, too, yeah. I would still say, too, Sammy with uh, Cody's last match, yes. the ladder match. Yes. That's tough to beat. Still. Yeah. So, it, but I'd honestly say two of the four people 
it was my favorite match they'd ever been in. I thought it was perfect. This is what you're supposed to do. I hope we get this at least one or two more times in uh, their career. And of course, with a better build. Or maybe after all four of them have been champions, because I just feel like all four of these people are going to be the AEW World Champion at some at point. Some, yeah. At some point. So, uh, amazing. Uh, I, I, I like, I, fuck, fuck the build. This match delivered. Absolutely. All of these men go home, look in the mirror, and it's like, yeah, I did my job tonight. I, 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 I killed at <coughs> this. I killed at this. And they did. They all killed. They they destroyed that match. It was amazing. I was like in uh I was standing up, uh, dude. Yeah, like and I was like, you know, the fact now, I can't say this. The fact that it came on when they announced it was coming on, it wasn't the main event. I was like, Oh, we're not getting CM Punk. Oh, that's how you were like? Yeah, my lip my lip went down because I knew we weren't getting CM Punk at that point. You knew that wasn't causing see, I was the opposite. I was like, Oh my god. See if Punk's gonna end the show. Oh my god! Oh my god! Now I was like, mm. no, I thought the only way CM Punk would end the show is with MJF in the ring and then CM Punk's music hitting. Oh, I, I, I don't think if the elites out there, I don't think, I don't think they're doing anything with CM Punk at the true. end. That's true. <laughs> so as soon as it wasn't, I would see. I, <laughs> again, I was just straight up, just like you know, in my dream that like everyone finally got over themselves and we could just do this and uh, stop with the whole idea that we're just splitting, uh, dude. Like, you just, just splitting hear, place you, up. You just hear too many rumors and yeah. stuff that they're so far away that, like I said, I just felt like, yeah, as soon as as soon as they they weren't on last, it wasn't CM Punk. You know, yeah. And it was like, so it is. It is what it is. I, I like I said, I'll get it match, eventually. I'm uh, just impatient. Uh, that match delivered, 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 delivered. I just want to. Yep. I, I need to say it like a hundred and twenty-two more times. And also, and also too. Uh, uh, do you want to rip up, uh, rip uh, Jungle Boy to shreds for? I mean, for just being a uh, being the, a punk. Oh, so this is my funny moment. I was we were in the ring, and Jungle Boy has the. Uh, uh, belt in his hand and he's doing the look at it thing now again I talked about how faces are stupid right forever yes. <laughs> that's my thing it's a fatal four way gets what's not illegal yeah it's, it's, a, no, it's a no DQ match yeah it's a no DQ match what the fuck are you doing hit the dude with the belt and then he threw it down and I screamed. I was like, "That's why you're a jungle boy and not a jungle man." Yep, and everybody, you're a jungle boy, not, not a jungle, jungle man. man. Everybody around us laughed. I was like, "Men do what it takes to win." And a few seconds later, uh, uh, MJF, MJF puts yeah. the belt on, uses it, uh, uses it, hits it with the headlock takeover in the match that way. And I was like, "You know what, MJF? That's why MJF is the man." Because he does I will say what one, it takes. Yeah. I will say one thing. Why the fuck did it have to be Darby taking the pin? Why? Dude, because it had to be the headlock takeover. To me, that's the, him putting Darby in the headlock takeover sets up Darby to be the next challenger. I hope that's the case, too, because I was like, you could have just pinned Jungle Boy. No, and I, and I don't know if they're going to do it on a pay-per-view or just like build to a bigger episode of the, uh, uh, maybe, maybe a winner's company. Uh, maybe a winner's. Uh, no, nah, they can't do winner's company because they that's full gear coming up. Still, maybe so. collision. You know maybe what I mean? Collision, yeah. yeah, we haven't. Just, I don't. You know, I've heard rumors on what the roster is. No one knows. You know, you're gonna need a big match to close uh, 
collision. Even if Punk comes back, right? I Absolutely. doubt he's gonna be. Doubt he's gonna be in a match when he comes back. You need a big match to draw for collision. Go with MJF versus Darby. There you so, go. I don't know if that's what they're gonna do, but it's just like just throwing it out there. I think it's set up for him to get a one-on-one match. I hope so. Um, then shit hit the fan. Anarchy in the arena too. Oh my god! When I said. Uh, so after this match, I came away with one thought. The signature match of AEW is the stadium stampede slash anarchy in the reading. Yeah, those two matches are absolute staples of AEW that they do better than anybody else. And stadium stampede them- one and two were both outstanding. Anarchy in the arena one and two. Outstanding. All of them feel different. Yeah. All of them, they just feel different, and yep. and it's like this felt completely different than the Anarchy in the Arena last year. Any of the stadium stampedes, it felt more violent. Uh, the, I love that they had the live band playing the music. Apparently, it sounded bad on TV. Let me tell you this: I don't like. It sounded like Wild Thing to me. I mean, yeah, I don't know why people were. I don't know why people were uh, so angry about it. Um, I had to endure Hardy for WWE. I had to endure Hardy's bum ass. Uh, this was not Hardy. I'm I a promise. I'm actually a very big fan of Hardy, but that was his foray into rock, not country. So whatever. Uh, we move on. Moving on. Yes. Um, the Dude. match had so much shit taking place. Dude, um, Mox and so Cesario many. came down in my section. So I actually yeah, I have saw a, that. I saw I have that. a video I have not been able to upload yet, and I will. And I will try to put it on our page where they're literally fighting right next to me. When I yeah. say right next to me, I could have touched them. But I was too busy recording because I was so excited. And you know, like so, no, it was... You you had that fight starting. Uh, there was so much going on. I honestly can say I probably only saw about sixty percent of the match. Yeah, no, you, that's and that's how these go. You have to watch it back to be able to catch everything. I feel like, um, which is kind of ingenious in the matter of the fact. Honestly, um, Moxley and uh, Moxley and uh, Yuta came down uh, right in front of us. No, it was Moxley and, and Claudio actually who came like. We were upper bowl and like we looked down over the railing and we can see Moxley and Claudio come down. Um, Moxley decided to get a fork out to beat the shit out of Omega with and also onto barbed wire. They got the chip. We got to see the chip get used and it was covered in barbed wire and glass. Vicious, vicious. Um, Claudio proceeded to take Matt Jackson out into the uh, backstage, into the uh, concourse, swings him through the concourse and throws him into a trash can and then proceeds to throw him into the back of a pickup truck um, as he spikes him with a pile driver on it. Um, and then as they uh, were continuing on to that too, there is a moment where uh, Matt finally is able to get down to the ring after uh, he gets out of the truck and he comes in and they're wearing the Jordan one, like uh, into the spider verse, uh, uh, like Spider-Man into the spider verse two uh, sneakers and he freaking super kicks Moxley in the head with it. And it explodes. Pyro from his shoes. I was like, what in the goddamn 
hell. I couldn't freaking believe it. It was one of the craziest things. And this was after, too, Moxley was getting kicked in the head, and he was just like, I don't give a fuck, fuck you. Um, and then, eventually, though, he gets back up, and he gets thumbtacks. And they take Matt, who's now missing his one shoe because of the explosion, foot onto tax, hurt like hell. They also took tax and shoved him into Matt's mouth and then uppercutted him, so he spat the tax out. It was just vicious as hell. But then as we get into the later parts of the match, uh, Kenny Omega was going for the one-winged angel on on Brian Danielson. Yuta makes the save, and then Don Callis gives Yuta the screwdriver. Spikes Hangman with it, and then, however, Kenny Omega is, is about to uh, hit him with the one-winged angel. Then Don Callis gets into the ring, and then a masked man comes in and knocks out Kenny Omega, and it's Kenosuke Takeshita. Aligns with Don Callis, aligns with the BCC. Yuta then uses the seatbelt maneuver that was taught to him and gets that to pin Kenny Omega and the BCC reigns supreme in Anarchy in the Arena 2. And now BCC has Kenosuke Takeshita. All I got to say, another five-star match. Exactly. Cinnabon for life. Um, yeah, I, I don't eat, I'm not eating that kind of stuff right now. But when I get my next break, I'm having Cinnabon and tagging my boy, my best friend, Kenosuke Takeshita in there. And like I said, logically, I was talking to a friend and he was like, I can't believe, you know, this way. I'm like, Don Callis, if you think about it in a pure wrestling sense, like, you know, kayfabe is the word that is used. So you talking about a wrestling sense. He was Kenny Omega's manager. Him and Kenny Omega were on top of the world, the world champion. Kenny, Kenny was working hurt. You know, uh, Kenny gets hurt. Don waits on Kenny to get healed. He stands by his side the whole time he gets healed. Kenny gets healed. And does he go back after the world title? Does he go back to being the best in the world? No, I want to tag up with my buddies. I want to tag up with my friends and go after the trio's titles. I want to do this and do this. And I just, I'm just enjoying life. Screw that. Let's go get that money. Because you know what? When you're a parasite, the only way you make money, the only way you eat is when your host is eating. And Kenny Omega wasn't as hungry as he used to be. But he did see 6-3, a 6-3, a Japanese bud, like buzzsaw, like this dude is fighting everybody. He's hanging with Brian Danielson. He's hanging with Mox. He's like, this dude is hungry and has the talent that Kenny Omega used to. And again, when you're a parasite, parasites got to eat. The only way they eat is to get onto a new host. <laughs> and he found a new host, and his name is Kenosuke Te- Tekesta. He is younger, he is taller, he is stronger, he is more athletic than Kenny Omega. And Tekesta made the right decision. Mm, he's going to be eating Cinnabon for life. When until. He, yeah. Until, oh, until. Oh, y'all. Oh, he's awakening the demon. He is awakening the one-winged angel. And I don't know if he's ready for that. Well, and then, <laughs> I don't know if you're ready for him to get his golden lover. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. Y'all got yes. But I'm just saying, just, like, I wanted this to happen because I want to see Kenny Omega versus oh, the yeah. <laughs> Give me that match. Dude, it oh, will be dang. unreal. It will be unreal. <laughs> Give me that match. Give me Kenny Omega versus the Kesta on the on AEW pay-per-view with no time limits or whatever. Give me Takesta versus Hangman again. 
You know what I mean? You like this new Takeshita, this like more vicious, you know, because that's what they're going to have to do. He's going to be more vicious. He's going to be willing to cheat. It's going to be great. I just I just think it just sets us up for a lot of banger matches over the next year. So, no, this had nothing to do with any hatred for Kitty. It had no. more to do with what Takeshita turning means for wrestling. Oh, my God, a shot in the arm to this division and everything. It's just, yeah, it's next level. Yeah, it's next level for sure. That, though, was AEW Double or Nothing 2023. I would say it was a really good show um, carried by its co-main events that were five-star bangers. Absolutely outstanding matches. Must watch. Uh, rest of the show was either good or eh, I yeah. would say. Yes. Uh, this is the second rated, late lowest rated cage match pay per view because cage match yeah. has be- become the buzzword over the last twenty four hours. It has, yes, uh, six point six out of ten, uh, all out twenty twenty, which I happen to be at, and it was the first. It was like the first show doing that they tried to do with the the abbreviated crowd during the pandemic. I believe there were certain people like in the roster. I don't think Kenny Omega was on that show. I don't believe the young bucks when well, the young bucks may have been on this show, but, uh, you know, the main Kenny Omega when and Adam page lost to, uh, FTR. Yeah. And then it was like, uh, young it was bucks Mox- beat Jurassic express. Yes. And then it was Moxley versus MJF. MJF. Yeah. In the main event, that was the lowest rated show. Maybe it had something to do with the audience. I know uh, the, the temperature in the ring was really hot and everybody was super tired and exhausted. Whatever. There's a lot of reasons that have, but that's the lowest rated, rated show. This is now the second lowest rated show in AEW history. When, you know, when, I've, you know, when you've been at all shows, you're going to see the bevy of them. The problem is, on both of those shows, I enjoyed them, right? And yeah. uh, I saw, I'm not, of course not going to say any names, someone saying today, I like I said, you know, someone said it was a good show, and he was like, "Well, where would you rate it in AEW history?" And I'm like, "That's an unfair question, right?" So you say Floyd, all right? So pick tacos, steak, or chicken. Put them in order. And I'm like, "Okay, here's my order. I'm going uh, steak, chicken, tacos." Does that mean I hate tacos? No, it does not mean you hate tacos. I, mean, I love all three. I just love those two a little bit more. I'm a fan. And this is the one I was going to use is I'm a fan of Fast and Furious series. Fast Saga is my favorite movie series ever. I know what people think. It's a very polarizing series, right? But it's my favorite movie series ever. If you ask me, what is your least favorite Fast and Furious movie, right? I'll yeah. say Fast and Furious, the fourth one, right? And then, like, for me, for me, my favorite movie series is the Rocky movies. Yeah. My least favorite is Rocky Five. Not yes. not an original thought, but, yeah, it's Rocky yeah. Five for sure. That being said, I've seen Fast and Furious 20, 25 times. I fucking love the movie. And I don't I love it. Five. I enjoy Rocky <laughs> Five so much. Yes. That, that I don't, ending uh, fight uh, is outstanding. So I don't, I don't love it as much as the other nine. That doesn't mean I don't love it. So asking that question is kind of a loaded question. 
You know, it's not getting you the answer that you want. Because just because I didn't like this one as much as ever doesn't mean this is bad. It just means it's not as good as the other one. So would I would I be willing to say that this pay per view was a step down for AEW from what we're usually uh, used to? Yes, but I think when you go from excellent and take a step down, it's still great. When you take go from great and take a step down, it's still good. There's a long way from bad. That's the thing, though, is that like AEW, like the way that it's graded, like it's, it's ironic. Actually, I'll I'll compare this to it's like, um, with um, Eminem has said this multiple times. It's like I don't get compared to other rappers. I get compared to myself. So if it's not Marshall Mathers LP or the Eminem show or the Slim Shady LP, it's trash. Yes, correct. If it's not all out twenty, if it's not all out. 2021 if it's not double or nothing 2019 if it's not like any of these shows yeah then it's trash and that's not how it works not how it works that's how that was a really good pay-per-view but to AEW standards they've done better yes they have done better um but i think they away from the fact that those last two matches are like some top tier AEW shit, like some of the top matches that this company has put on. Period. Yes, and I think which I think like, they have deserved the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm not. You don't get two of these, but you do get one. You do get one because again, you're what is considered the lowest rated show all out 2020 pandemic era. We gave all wrestling benefit of the doubt with that. Yes, WWE, AEW. We gave all wrestling the benefit of the doubt with that. This one, again, all the drama, all the bullshit, but there was also some other factors going into the show, and still the show ended with two five-star classics. So I can't shit on it like that, honestly. I just can't. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Everything you're saying is what I'm saying. Yeah, but that will do it for our review the only match that they've announced for dynamite of course is chris jericho soraya versus Britt baker adam cole um that's all we've got for dynamite going into wednesday yeah and yeah i'm looking forward to it the cage match was the only news you know new added news to it because not a lot's happened since then and tony khan pretty much in the press conference said nothing he gave no information yeah the one only thing i wanted to say too was mjf basically going after the iwc and continuing his mindset of the like, you know, you don't care about us. You say you do, but you don't care about us. Like you would rather see people do these death-defying moves that will probably get them killed at some point than me. You get mad at me because I wrestle a few times a year. Like I'm gonna like, and again, he defends that whole argument and also attacks the IWC, being like, you were like seven percent of our audience. And you know, and I don't know where that yeah. number comes from, but it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's got he's got points. He's got points. Uh, yeah. And you know, and people will decide what uh, what I hate online is that people will decide their opinion is fact. It's not how it works. You know, like it's like, "Oh, I think I think I thought this match was good and AEW has a problem. They need to see that they have a problem." Like, okay. I I didn't think it was bad. So, oh, well, you just got your head up Tony Khan's ass and I'm like, no, no, I, didn't, I, 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 I just didn't think it was bad. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know what else to do. I enjoyed it. But again, my point of view 
being in the arena is always going to be different than someone's in TV. Uh, Forbidden Door, I'll be watching at home. I will have the experience that a lot, say a lot of you have, and we'll see how I think from then. I'm still in the process of possibly seeing if I can make Forbidden Door happen because, again, I live three hours or four hours from Toronto. And I absolutely hope you can make it happen because it would be good that someone from the team is there. For sure. For sure. But that's going to do it for this Double or Nothing review episode of All Things Elite. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in every single week. Thank you to Floyd. Thank you to James. Thank you to Jared. Thank you to Sydney. Everyone who is there for Double or Nothing. It was an outstanding time. I loved being with everybody. It was a ton of fun. Um, and I just love the fact that this kind of happened two years in a row that like all four, like all of us got to meet up and take pictures and do awesome shit together. It was a lot of fun. Um, but make sure you guys continue to find, download this fine show on Google or Apple podcasts and give us a follow, uh, whether you listen to us on Spotify or any podcasting platform, give us a share, a follow really does mean the world to us. And also leave a rating and a review that helps us out a ton. You can follow us on Twitter at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, so the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with that, I will pass it off to Floyd so he can take us home for this Double or Nothing episode of All Things Elite. Yes, I just want you to think of yourself uh, as the, uh, you know, when you think of yourself, you're a wrestling fan. And you're out there, and it's like we're we're a small but vast group, or whatever at times. But we people know each other. Just be nice to people, especially at the wrestling things. I know everybody's trying to get their shit in. They want to get to the seat they want. They want the merch they want. Just try to be as courteous to the other people as you want, because like when it comes to wrestling fandom, kind of we're all we got. Everybody else thinks what we do is stupid. So what we like and where we go stupid. So always try to have each other's back. Take care of each other if you can. I know that's a the fantasy world to live in, but I'm going to keep preaching it. Watch each other's back. Take care of each other. If someone needs a ride and you're going the same way, why not give them a ride? You know, someone uh, someone's in line or they, they drop something. Make sure they get it back. That kind of thing. Just just be try to be decent human beings to each other. Because I just like I've always said this. I always want wrestling places, wrestling shows to kind of be a good good safe space for wrestling fans come on come on come on take care of everybody so with that i will leave you at god always leave you whether it is home work or school always do your best to be elite